Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Afronomics. I'm Albert Zufak, I'm the Chief Economist for Africa at the World Bank. In 2017, nearly one-third of the 38 countries in Africa that are eligible to the IDA concessional window strengthened their policy and institutional quality compared to 2016. This is one of the findings of our latest CPIA report, and the CPIA is the Country Policy and Institutional Assessment. The CPIA is an annual assessment by the World Bank of the quality of the policies and institutional frameworks in African countries and their quality to support, their ability to support sustainable growth and poverty reduction. CPIA scores are based on development indicators in four areas. First, economic management. Second, structural policies. Third, policies for social inclusion and equity. And fourth, public sector management and institutions. Countries are rated for each indicator on a scale from one to six, six being the highest score. Scores from the CPI are used to determine the allocation of zero-interest financing and grants from countries eligible for support from the International Development Association, IDA. So this indicator is actually extremely important because a better score leads to an increase in concessional financing from the World Bank. To discuss the latest edition of the CPIA report for Africa, the 2018 edition of the CPIA covering the year 2017, a report we just released two weeks ago. I'm joined today by the lead author of this report, Dr. Shu Punam Shuhan Paul. Welcome, Punam. It's always a pleasure to have you in Afronomics. Thank you, Albert, and um, I should say it's a pleasure to be here with you on Afronomics and to talk to your very wide audience in the Africa region and beyond. Thanks. So, um, Punam, let's get started. This uh, CPIA um, is not, you know, earth-shaking in the sense that the average hasn't probably changed much. So, Tell us more, what is the overall regional score for 2017 and how does it compare to 2016? So the score in 2017, as you rightfully said, has not changed very much. Um, it is 3.1, same as in the previous year. But I think there are some encouraging developments and trends that uh, would be useful to highlight. And of course, at the same time, there are some areas where there's mixed and weaker performance that I think require attention uh, moving forward. So what we saw in 2017 is that um, countries were able to benefit from the more favorable global environment mm -hmm. Um, which provided them with policy space to implement uh, policies, you know, to start new reforms or to build momentum on reforms. And that came through in the results that we see in 2017. Okay. In which areas? Yeah. It, well, see, in the previous year, mm -hmm. we had um, 
um, many more countries deteriorating right. than improving. Right. Um, uh, but this year, we have, it, it's the other way around. More countries saw an improvement, and there were fewer countries that declined. So actually, compared to last year, there were 30% more countries that saw an improvement. And actually, in terms of deterioration, last year, there were 15 countries that saw a weakness in their score. When I say last year, I meant 2016, the previous year. But in 2017, this was greatly cut down to only nine countries. So that in itself is, is a positive uh, pattern that we are seeing. And I should also highlight that in the previous year, not that I want to go back too far, but um, in 2015 also, there were more countries that saw a deterioration or a weakening in their overall CPI score than an improvement. So really, I think 2017 marks, I'm hoping, a turnaround for sub-Saharan Africa in terms of you know, um, improvement in the policy and institutional frameworks that our countries have and progress in, I'm hoping, a wide range of areas. I should add that the area of improvement that we see was actually in um, economic management. As you know, our African countries have struggled over the past several years with right. commodity prices Especially uh, since falling. 2006, yes. since 2016. Exactly, and that has re been reflected in the quality of their policies. So what we saw last year is that um, after deteriorating or weakening since 2013, mm -hmm. um, ec the economic mo management cluster sort of flat, the, the decline halted and flattened out. And we saw an improvement in the quality of monetary policy. Uh, countries had more flexibility in terms of undertaking accommodative monetary policy to support demand. They were able to lower interest rates, and uh, countries also saw a buildup of reserves because their external balances were improving, so less pressure on exchange rate, less pressure on reserves, and also less pressure on inflation. Inflation has actually been coming down yes. quite significantly. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, so, so Poonam, uh, 2017 for the CPIA is uh, basically a stabilization year and hopefully a turnaround. But just hopefully because uh, it is quite interesting that despite an increasing number of countries that have improved policy, the overall average hasn't changed, which begs the question, how is the index constructed uh, and, and how sensible is the index to uh, small changes? Yes. Um I think you make a very valid point here, Albert, that um, we see countries that are improving. We see a sort of a, 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 a shift towards, uh, you know, more improvement than deterioration, but it's not being reflected in the overall score. That's correct. But also remember, we have 38 countries for mm -hmm. which we did CPIA scoring mm -hmm. in 2017 in sub-Saharan Africa. And uh, so while we see... Uh, nine countries with an improvement. We also saw nine with, with a decline. Right. Um, and I should also add in there that Rwanda, which leads all African countries with a score of 4.0, is also a global leader in the, in, in the CPIA. So um, and, and, and that's, that's, that's something uh, to that's celebrate, good, I think. Yes. Definitely. And that, yeah. that, that leads me naturally to my next question, Poonam. And I think you are reading my mind already <laughs> here. Um, who are the champions for this 2017 exercise? Which ones are the countries to emulate? And what really can other countries learn from them? Right. Uh, well, obviously, the countries that have 
high scores that have consistently maintained high scores and that have continued to see steady improvement are the ones that I think can provide examples for other countries that are struggling. I think it's important to remember that in Sub-Saharan Africa, we also have a number of fragile countries. Mm -hmm. These countries are struggling, mm -hmm. um, you know, to... Um, but, but let's talk yeah. first about okay. the champions. So the champions. So we have countries like Rwanda, yeah. which has consistently been a reformer in, in the area of, um, you know, um, business reforms, yeah. uh, making it easier to, to start a business, making it easier to... Structural to policies Exit, right. Um, you know, and high, right, yeah. uh, sort of improving uh, the regulations for, for doing business, mm -hmm. in having undertaking land reforms. So, uh, you know, registering property um, and uh, improving titles uh, to property. These are all things that help to improve the environment for economic activity. And I would say that Rwanda has actually been making progress in a broad range of areas including social inclusion, including gender. Hmm. So um, uh, the thing about the CPIA is that it's composed of 16 dimensions, right? So an improvement so in one yes, you, you need to yes. actually have you know, SOP indicators. Yes. So the CPA is a composite yes. index of 16 yes. dimensions, right? 16 right. indicators. And, and you need to improve in a coordinated yes. way. Across all, across all to, actually, to actually, yes, to have that steady in improvement in the CPIA score. And some countries have been doing it. So Rwanda is an example. I would also like to highlight a country like Cote d'Ivoire mm -hmm. that is, is uh, classified as fragile still, but that has been uh, doing um, actually rather well over the past several years mm -hmm. in steadily improving its CPIA score, uh, you know, which has gone, gone up by almost... Uh, close to one one point, which is a big thing for, for which is, the which is CPI. Huge. huge. But in the top ranking, you also have Senegal. Yes. Uh, you know, what has Senegal done right to uh, deserve a 3.8 rating? I think out there, of six? again, a range of issues. Mm -hmm. It's on inclusion. It's on, um, you know, um, reforms that bring more women into, uh, as parliamentarians, more women into economic activity in the areas of health in the areas of education. So it's a broad range. As I said, you, you've got to improve in many of the, across these four clusters to actually see the improvement or steady improvement in the CPIA. Um, and uh, countries that have improved um, accountability, that have improved uh, access to information, that have strengthened their public financial management. Yes, that, right. have uh, that have strengthened transparency, that are uh, undertaking uh, uh, macroeconomic policies that are coherent and that are prudent. All those things sort of add to uh, strengthening the quality of policies and institutions, and those get reflected in the CPIA scores. Right. Now, I have to f say that every little improvement is not going to yield what we call uh, a sort of uh, significant improvement in the CPI score, right? That's right. Um, and we also look at how well policies are being implemented. Right. It's not enough to just announce a policy. It's also how it gets, how well it gets implemented. That's right. Right. That's and right. and all those things sort of work together to to help countries. Our countries have been, you know, doing well in some areas. Um, for example, as I said, uh, when it comes to uh, business reforms, right. their right. countries have been improving, but we still have 
um, most African countries, most of our IDA countries in Africa, that are still in the bottom 40% of the doing business. And, and, and With the I exception of countries like Rwanda and right, Kenya, but right. most of them are in the bottom 40%. That's right. So more needs to be done in right. terms of improving the regulations, you know. For, Regulatory framework yes, is crucial for business. it's very important. And, and job creation. Yes. And and it is actually quite heartening to see that the CPI is rewarding uh, hard-to-do reforms, right? You mentioned uh, land reform in Rwanda. This is not an easy policy to implement, is um, it? Uh, no, it isn't. And I think this is the kind of policy that requires uh, support that requires, uh, you know, leadership to carry it forward, that requires also, I think, consistently to implement it, because uh, reforms like that take time, um, you know, and um, I think uh, countries that have put in the, the sort of, have got the consensus of moving forward on these are seeing the results. That's right. And, and, and you also mentioned, uh, you know, how important is it for countries to improve transparency, improve you know, uh, property rights, improve uh, governance, yes. you, you know, yes. uh, broadly speaking. Yes. And which, because of the, uh, the weighting of the index, uh, is, is a condition almost, you know, sine qua non for increasing your CPI. It's difficult to actually yes. increase your CPI if your governance is deteriorating. Right. Is that right? I think um, you've hit the nail on the head. You really need to strengthen governance and strengthen institutions. And you know from the work that you've done and the work that, that I've done and work, you know, that's sort of generally out there, that the stronger our institutions, the more mm -hmm. likely are you going to have more durable growth, more inclusive growth, a better allocation of resources, you know, private sector investing, adoption of technology, um, opportunities for investing in human capital, all of which are leading to more sustainable and, you know, higher quality course, growth. When you have weaker institutions, they're more, um, you know, rent-seeking activities, uh, misallocation right. of resources, not enough investment, uh, also opportunities for investing in human capital are fewer, all of which are leading to, uh, you know, people being in low productivity jobs and lower outcomes in terms of growth. So if our focus is on reducing poverty and having, you know, more inclusive uh, growth for, for people to have better livelihoods and to have better futures, you really, uh, institutions are important. Oh, absolutely. So, I think, um, you know, our work, the work yeah. of Asimurlu and Johnson yeah. and Robinson in, in, in the academic literature is definitely making that point. And, and we are actually coming up with a uh, new report soon on, on productivity and misallocation in the Chief Economist Office of the Africa region, basically making the point of weaker institutions on misallocation of resources in Africa. So that's absolutely clear. And, and, and this is one of the reasons that uh, the CPI is actually well-grounded in theory. It's also well-built well as an index. Right. right. I, and I want to congratulate you on, on the report and I think showing leadership in this area because it is so very important to have that kind of rigorous analytical work done that, it, that points to the importance of, of institutions and that in turn for helping build you know, human capital and uh, You should be congratulated more than I, <laughs> Punam, for leading this, this work. And now let's, let's, let's come back to a point you mentioned earlier, fragile state. Fragile state appear to be pulling this average down. What's happening in fragile state in Africa and what can we learn? 
Yes. So this is one of the areas where um, uh, Africa is seeing, um, you know, that we have a large share of fragile states. The CPIA captures the weak overall weak level of, of uh, you know, and quality of policies and institutions in this country. Um, whereas our non-fragile countries uh, do quite well or, or are comparable to the performance of, um, you know, non-fragile countries, um, other IDA countries that are non-fragile, they have about the same score, average score of 3.5. The fragile countries actually lag when we compare them with fragile countries, um, you know, that are outside the region. Um, our sco the score for our uh, group of fragile countries is 2.7. That in, um, you know, of IDA countries elsewhere that are fragile is 2.9. So our countries are struggling with, you know, um, political issues, social issues that can sort of undermine um, the institutions. And as we just discussed, you know, how important institutions are and overall policy. It sort of undermines the quality of policies. However, we also see that um, our fragile countries, when they are able to exit out of these, you know, and, or transition out of uh, political unrest and social unrest, can actually have considerable scope to grow. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I mean, improve in these examples, policies. You know? Well, we have seen that, as I said, Kodwar earlier, but more recently in the current round, we have uh, Central African Republic, uh, yes. the Gambia, you know, Zimbabwe, all have shown improvement in different areas. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. some are in, in uh, sort of more transparency, mm -hmm. more accountability. Um, and and all these three countries yes. actually share one thing. They have actually gone through political transitions yes. In, yes. in 2017. Yes which is certainly captured here, right? Yeah, and it gives the opportunity, it gives that window of opportunity to actually undertake reforms. New, right. new, right. new initiatives. And the wind and, is behind them, you know, so if the, you have a new, um, you have an opening here, you either have new leadership or, or new um, kind of, um, I think, support, and people are looking for um, the, the, the sort of the change. So it can give them um, a lot of, uh, you know, possibilities. It's, an it's a turnaround, to, right, to, for them to, yes, to move to, to move forward and reform. And right. there's considerable scope because their scores are so low right. that, you know, if they make improvement in some of the low-hanging fruits in terms of fiscal consolidation, improving, you know, uh, the, the quality of expenditures, uh, Reining in spending in 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 certain areas, having better quality of investment, all of these things help to improve um, their uh, policy making and the quality of policies. So um, you know what you're saying, Puna. What I hear you saying is, you know, um, fragility is is dragging down, you know, uh, the CPIA for the continent. Um, you know, civil unrest is bad for policy reforms. War is bad for yes. policy reforms. Yes. And and when countries exit the cycle of uh, you know uh, uh, conflict and mm -hmm. violence, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. is important to focus on getting uh, the macro, but the macro right, but but also uh, a set of policies on you know set of structural policies, but also policies for inclusion. Yes. Because uh, you know when they transition. Mm -hmm. In they, they go through political transition, it definitely leads to an improve in, in, in governance prospects. Yes. Is, that, is that what uh, I think I think you up? have you know sort of you've you've summarized it very well. It's very important to have improvement in um, in the area of inclusion. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, seeing how identifying vulnerable groups, uh, women, children, etc., uh, being able to focus policies that will help to uplift these these people. Um, looking for um, 
building social safety nets. Right. Um, also, uh, monitoring poverty, and then making sure that budget priorities align with with uh, you know uh, poverty reduction, right. and um, better use of resources. So, trying to build systems, you know, pub better public financial management systems for. Um, being able to actually have more accountability right. uh, on yeah. how uh, you know monies are spent, yeah. and also more transparency, yeah. which which is sort of is is an important pillar for accountability. Absolutely, Puna and 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 dear auditors, dear listeners, if you're just joining us, we are. You know, in this episode of Afronomics discussing the CPIA, the Country Policy and Institutional Assessment, I have the pleasure of having Poonam, the lead author of the CPIA 2018 edition. Poonam, you have convinced me that this this uh, uh, indicator, this index, the CPI is extremely important for African countries. It is important for World Bank work as well because the World Bank uses the CPIA uh, to allocate resources, uh, to allocate uh, you know concessional resources. Uh, so this is an index that actually pays cash. You know, if you improve your score, you get more, you know, concessional resources from the World Bank. That should be of extreme interest for countries, right? Yeah. And and other institutions such as the IMF use it to assess debt sustainability for our countries. So. Our governments should be absolutely attentive, and should they should be listening, but they also should be using this this uh, uh, indicator. Uh, are they using it, or how should they use it? Well, um, I think you you really touched on on how important the CPIA is. It actually translates into more uh, development finance for for countries, actually more funds. From, from IDA because um, the CPIA is very important in determining the performance-based allocation of IDA resources. And the good news is that in IDA 18, which is where we are currently in, you know, the, the three years of IDA 18, um, donors have given an unprecedented amount of monies. Mm -hmm. um, the envelope for IDA is 75 billion, 45 billion of which about that much is for Sub-Saharan Africa. So That's this right. is a great opportunity. There's more resources, right, which allows for more transformative kinds of projects and, and operations in, in the region. Um, but, I think but, but one can you, think big. But what you're saying is actually, you know, uh, it's going to be only more dollars for the doers. More dollars for those who are actually implementing the right yes. set of policies. Well, I think that's, yes, that's a very good point. Um, but I think we also have a sense that fragile countries struggle a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's they right. have very difficult uh, enabling environments. environments. Yes. And in recognition of that, there are, are resources in IDA 18 which are meant for, you know, being able to provide more resources to fragile, fragile countries, countries based that's on need. Important. So I think th this is really a win-win. Yeah, there is more money, right? Um, I think we have a lot of good research and evidence that uh, to to sort of support the kinds of policies and, and engagement that we want to do with countries and to bring evidence to our clients. That's right. Um, and to get the enabling environment in those countries and to get young people and to get the sort of broader audience more interested in, in having this discussion uh, around evidence-based policies. And I think the CPIA is very helpful there because it covers 
as I said, 16 dimensions, right, that mm -hmm. go into four clusters. And um, it shows how well you are doing, what are the gaps. It's very, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of detail on what is in the CPIA. What is the criteria we are using for assessing uh, results? The information is out there. You can compare how well your country is doing against other countries. So you can benchmark maybe against similar countries, you know, fragile countries with fragile countries elsewhere. or the countries that you know are are um, where you want to be mm -hmm. if five mm -hmm. years from now or ten right. years from now. So it would be really good so, to um, to sort of you know bring all that information, which the CPI is is a very useful diagnostic tool, exactly. uh, a tool for monitoring, a tool for so, you can so, actually so base action policies. You are you are advising an African policymaker who's listening to you now. How should he or she use the CPI? Well, I think the first thing is to actually see where you are mm -hmm. in the CPIA. And that you can yes. do on our website. Yes. you can go on our website. Yes. Um, you know, um, the Chief Economist website has it. The IDA website has it. There's right. a whole host of information. This CPIA Africa report is on the Chief Economist website. Right. So that's a great place to start. Which is, which yeah. is uh, World Bank, you know, worldbank.org uh, slash... Africa slash CPIA. Right. And so you'll get a lot of information there on the CPIA. You can, um, you know, it's very user friendly. You can draw uh, sort of, you can work with the data. You can get charts, comparator tables and charts, right. etc. So, so, so that's find, the first. Yeah. Find your friends yes. on our website, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, comparing yourself to countries of your choice on different dimension of the CPIA to find out what is the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Next, what is the order? Okay. Use? And next, next, I think is to is to um, sort of have that broad discussion mm -hmm. on what are low hanging fruit. What can we do today, and what is it that will require a little more time? Because some some things are you know you have to plan uh, over over the medium term that take time to implement, but they're very low-hanging fruit that can right. be undertaken, right. right? So be able to identify areas where um, the, there are weaknesses, where things can be and undertaken, that, and policies come, and yeah, actions can be taken in the step. short term, exactly. Yes. Um, and then third, I think, is to have the south-south flow of information. You know, how did mm. Rwanda undertake certain reforms? Mm -hmm. How did Cote d'Ivoire, when it was coming out of, you know, its sort of uh, years of fragility, how how was it able to, um, you know, undertake reforms for social inclusion, for, mm -hmm. you know, improving health and education outcomes? Mm -hmm. um, how, you know, how have countries improved transparency, accountability, uh, how to improve the environment right. Right. for, uh, you know, the, for the private sector? I think so, these are all so, sort of exchange so of knowledge. What I hear you saying is, you know, this is a powerful tool for policy formulation for our countries. Yes. And that would be informed by, you know, an easy way to benchmark yourself and to identify yes. policy gaps. Right. That's, that's excellent. Then I also hear you, you know, saying you need coordination across you, indicators. I think you uh, you sort of bring a very important point. You do need coordination. It can't be just maybe one 
of course, there's coordination, you know, across different groups in government. But mm -hmm. it's important to understand the cross section of policies. You know right. how uh, policies that you undertake in, say, the transport sector help, uh, you know, health outcomes. Right. Uh, changes in actions and interventions you take in, in the health sector help uh, education outcomes. So a lot of these uh, policies are sort of cross-cutting, and I think there needs to be sort of more um, coordination across right. different groups exactly. to get the kinds of outcomes and policies you want. Right. Um, right. You know, and I think that's... So uh, CPIA could be used as a policy formulation tool, you say, but also as a policy coordination device yes. within government, you know, to touch right. on all the key sectors of the economy. Yes. And, and the CPIA could also help countries evaluate, you know, you know, implement those policies and evaluate, you know, uh, uh, that implementation right. and, 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 and get to precise uh, outcomes, where they're going, right? Right. And you know the experience we've had when we've yeah. had workshops in um, our client countries. That's right. A number of African yes, countries exactly. have already been reaching out yes, yes. to try to use this right. tool right. as a policy formulation, right. policy uh, implementation, policy evaluation, and policy coordination tool. Right. And we see that the sort but of... But not, not, not that many. Yeah. Well, uh, we have seen a few. Okay. And uh, there's always interest when we go do these workshops. That's right. Um, I think the leadership comes from the top. When That's there right. is... Uh, that sort of convenes, it brings the convening power. And we are there to provide the information to help countries, to connect different groups and people, um, and also to bring a wider audience into the room, uh, you know, civil society organizations. That's right. Uh, that's right. Youth. So just people who are going to, in the end, benefit from, from uh, better policies, better quality of uh, institutions. So CPIA would be extremely useful to our government, but it would also be useful for our civil society for accountability yes. purposes. Yes. So, uh, you know, ideally, countries should actually build their own CPIA, and we would be happy to <laughs> discuss and uh, help them to basically assess their own policies and, 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 and discuss, you know, any differences between their index and ours. Yes. That would be, that would be actually... That would be uh, great because great. Um, a, a lot of the uh, assessment yes. relies on data that's available that's right. in the public space. Yes. It relies on analysis that has been done. And you know that at the bank, we put all our analytical work out there, uh, and many other institutions are doing that. So it's based on analysis, based on data. Of course, it's based on judgment. And right. uh, you know, that's where our staff on the ground are there, you know, and they give us their, their uh, assessment of how things are going and the direction in which things are going. So um, I think pulling all this together, there's great scope to do it and to have discussions around it. And this is an important monitoring slash accountability tool Absolutely. for citizens. So I want to thank you, Punam, for speaking with us on the Afronomic podcast. Um, and thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. As always, if you would like to know more about Africa's economic growth, read and interpret the data we work with and see all the published work of the Office of the Chief Economist of the Africa region, visit our website, worldbank.org slash AFRCE. Talk to you soon.